Hi guys, welcome to What Sarah Said, a podcast by me, Sarah Hackwith. I'm a certified eating psychology coach who struggled with my own food and body image challenges for about 15 years. And this podcast is where we're going to dive into all of the things that I wish I knew back then when I was struggling. We'll talk about what it means to be truly healthy, how to overcome some of the most common eating and body image challenges, and how to step into our power in a really big way. Today, we're going to be diving into kind of the science-y why behind the connection that we have towards food within our brain. We're talking all about how our thoughts both negatively and positively impact our metabolism because they absolutely do. But I'm not only going to talk about the why, I'm also going to give you some tools and action items to help you move forward and start to shift some of those negative thoughts. Let's get it, y'all. Hi, friends. Welcome back to the What Sarah Said podcast. It's been a couple of weeks. I went through the ringer for the second half of January. I don't know about any of y'all, but wowza, the last couple of months have been challenging me. I actually got like a six to seven day bout of, I'm not going to say food poisoning, even though it definitely came from food. I truly think it could have been like E. coli, note to self, like don't eat crab nachos at a party. Okay. Yes. And then also I moved into a much bigger, more beautiful, light, spacious, safe apartment and drum roll, please. I turned 30. Oh yeah the big 3-0. I'm coming at you with an all-new level of wisdom. Just kidding. I am so excited actually to talk about what we're diving into today. Are your thoughts negatively affecting your metabolism? I'm going to say that for so many of us who are or have been wrapped up in diet culture and the anxiety that comes from that, the answer to that is yes. Your metabolism is negatively affected by what you're thinking about both your food and who you are as an eater. So we are going to talk a little bit about manifestation and creating the life that you want in this episode in the context of food and your relationship with food and your body. So if you have not yet listened to my episode with Madison Serdyk, I believe it's number three, you should listen to that. Hit pause, go back, listen to that one because we dive into some of the science behind manifestation and the law of attraction. And I think that that is such a great episode. My brain was just wide open after that. And I think that you would also appreciate it. So if you haven't listened to it, highly recommend. If you have, we're going to dive in. Before I go any further, I just want to state that if you haven't considered the effect of the brain on food before, you are in the majority, okay? Most of us don't think about how our thoughts impact the way that our food is metabolized, the way that we show up as an eater. It's not something that we talk about very often. And in fact, it's one of the reasons why I chose to pursue my certification in being an eating psychology coach rather than going the nutrition, you know, straight nutrition route or dietitian route. I wanted to learn more about the connection with the brain and the body. And that's all what we're talking about today. You have an incredibly dynamic and evolving relationship with food. We all do. And this relationship can be just as real, volatile, emotional, 
affecting as a relationship that you have with another person. And all of that to say that if you're trying to heal your relationship with food, we have to go a little bit deeper than just changing the way we're eating, okay? We have to go into changing the way we think about food, about the way that food affects us. I want you to think about the scenario where you have two men or humans, doesn't matter their gender, to be honest, you have two people, and they sit down and they look at like a big plate of bread. I'm envisioning like that bread from Macaroni Grill that I can no longer eat because of my gluten intolerance. But like, oh my gosh, my favorite thing in the whole world was that warm Macaroni Grill bread. Tell me you know what I'm talking about. You have two people and they sit down at a table in front of the Macaroni Grill bread. One of them is hungry and one of them is satiated. They just ate a meal that they loved. The response that those two people are going to have to the bread in front of them is going to be very different. The way that they think about food in that moment is going to change the way that they eat, right? It's going to have an effect on them. And it doesn't mean that one is positive or negative. One is better or worse than the other. It's just going to be different. No two people are going to view food the same way at any given moment. One of the concepts surrounding this way that food affects our body that just blew my mind was the fact that food can be metabolized differently in the body based upon the way we view it. Meaning that if we have a positive reaction to the food that we're about to eat, if we view the food we're about to eat positively, it will metabolize differently and more efficiently in our bodies than if we were to view that food through a negative lens. If we were to be scared of the food we were about to eat, if we were worried about the way that that food might make us feel or might make us gain weight, that food is not going to be metabolized nearly as efficiently or properly, comparatively speaking. Who would have thought, right? I say that, and I've said that on my socials before, but I've never really gone into the science behind it. So let's talk about that. When you view food, and let's go ahead and use ice cream as an example. Let's say that you view an ice cream cone of your favorite ice cream. The cerebral cortex of your brain is going to see what you're about to eat and send signals through your body to something in your limbic system called the hypothalamus. The hypothalamus takes sensory, emotional, and thought input, and it turns it into a physiological response. That is like magic, y'all. It literally takes what you're looking at, how you feel about what you're looking at, what you think about what you're looking at, and it turns it into a physiologic response. That means that the ice cream that you're really excited about eating, you have zero negative feelings about it. You're just pumped, can't wait. That positive information input is going to send activation signals via the hypothalamus to the digestive system of your body you are going to have a fuller metabolic breakdown of that ice cream and you're going to utilize the calories that you've eaten more efficiently because the hypothalamus is going to initiate the parasympathetic nervous system response. That's like the positive, the relaxed nervous system response in your body. That's no stress. That means that the body can do its thing fully and completely. Now, if you were scared of the ice cream, if you were scared of the ice cream, and you viewed it negatively, if all you could think about was how fat you were going to be after you ate the ice cream, about how bad those types of calories were for you, about how sugar makes your teeth rot out, the hypothalamus is going to send those signals of negative input information to your digestive organs, and it is going to initiate an inhibitory response of the digestive system. 
That means that your ice cream is not going to be fully metabolized. It might stay in your stomach longer, which can diminish the amount of healthy gut bacteria that you have in your stomach. It can increase toxic byproducts being released into your bloodstream because there's nowhere else for them to go. They're just sitting in your gut. And it will also potentially cause your body to burn those calories less efficiently because it views you in a stressed out state. It would actually instigate your autonomous nervous system. It's going to go ahead and initiate the part of your brain and body that are responding to stress. Your negative thoughts literally are creating a negative reaction to food in your body. Your thoughts are becoming your reality internally and externally. If you didn't see how powerful your thoughts were around food before, hopefully it's starting to click a little bit now and hopefully you're starting to see that this is a big freaking deal. Your thoughts control so much in your body, including like your hormone response to things. And that massively shifts the way that we are metabolizing food and the way that we are honestly living our everyday lives. The limiting food beliefs that you have when you view food through a scared negative lens are going to create change in your body. That's why it's so important to deal with the thoughts first and then start to look at the behaviors. And I talk about that all the time when I coach people, but I don't think that unless I explain it to you, you understand and grasp the magnitude of that. There are really interesting ways that we can see how our thoughts are super, super powerful in the body and not just in relation to food, but in relation to just like the world, science in general. Let's talk about the placebo effect. Let's talk about how bodies respond differently when they anticipate something happening. There was a study, there's lots and lots of studies that have done on the placebo effect, but specifically I was reading about one study where there were cancer patients and some were injected with actual cancer treatment. Some were injected with a placebo, which was like salt water. Like 35% of the group who were injected with salt water still lost their hair, even though they never had chemotherapy drugs. They never had anything put into their system that would have caused them to lose their hair otherwise. But they thought that they were going to lose their hair because they were getting potentially chemotherapy drugs. And so they did. There's been research done that shows that 35 to 45% of all prescription drugs and 67% of over-the-counter medications may owe their effectiveness to placebos. That is freaking wild. How many supplements are you taking on a regular basis? How many things are you taking, whether prescribed or not, that you are convinced are the holy grail of health for you? I know for me, when I was in process of realizing that I had a problem, I relied very heavily on supplements and partially because I went and saw a naturopathic doctor. Naturopathic doctors, in my experience, love supplementation. They love to get you on a regimen. I was taking 14 to 17 different supplements a day at the peak of my obsession with that. And if I didn't have them, I would freak out. And I was like, no, I don't feel good. I don't feel well. I'm sick. My immune system is run down. I don't have enough energy. When in reality, the body doesn't really work that way. Things don't clear out of your system within most of the time, like eight hours, so that you're that affected by not taking your supplements for one day. 
And I will say very honestly that now I take supplements very intermittently. I am not super consistent about my supplement regimen and I feel great. I feel better than I've ever felt. I have a lot of energy. Food provides me a lot of what I need now and I don't feel anxiety about relying on those things. My thoughts have created my reality. And when they were negative, when I used to think, oh my gosh, I just gained weight looking at a cinnamon roll. I put on muscle walking across the street. Oh, you don't understand. I have a really slow metabolism. It just like doesn't process things like that well. That was true. All of those things were true because I believed them. So I'm going to ask you what you're believing, what you're holding on to that is holding you back in this realm. Because now that we know that our thoughts can negatively affect our metabolism, do you see places in your life where you might be self-sabotaging? Do you see places in your life where potentially your thoughts are creating a reality that you don't need to hold on to? You know, I dated a guy previously who had a very fast metabolism. He he just did. He had a really hard time putting on weight. He also, though, was the type of person who would like forget to eat. Like he was very ADD, ADHD, and would just get busy doing things and like forget to eat. But then when he did eat, he would eat like gas station snacks, sugary drinks, and eat more than I've ever seen anyone eat. Like binge eating, he could acknowledge was something that he did, but it was almost more of a physiologic response to not eating. It wasn't, he didn't have like a mental hangup about his binges, right? He believed that smoothies were like the holy grail of health. We're talking like all fruit, no veggies, not even really any protein, just like straight up seven different kinds of fruit and fruit juice. He felt like those were the healthiest thing he could put into his body. And now that I've studied a lot of what I've studied and I've gone down my you know journey with food myself, I can say, you know what? I bet it was pretty healthy for him. I bet his body loved that because he thought that that was going to be the thing that his body loved and was receptive to. He also didn't feel shame or guilt about eating chips or cookies or candy on a regular basis. And he literally didn't put on weight to save his life. It was wild. You'd like lose weight. I'm sitting there going, okay, I'm putting on all of the weight that you're not. How does this happen? Well, I had extreme crippling anxiety about those same exact foods, and I was convinced that they were going to make me fat. I think it's very important to remember that your thoughts are really powerful in relation to food and your metabolism and all that, but it's also very important to start to own that the way you view yourself as an eater also makes an impact on the way that you show up around food. If you consistently believe and know about yourself that you are the girl who goes to parties and like can't leave the food table alone, then that's the type of girl you're going to show up at parties as. If you believe that you cannot be trusted when left in a house alone with sweets, then that is the type of girl you're going to show up as. Whatever you believe, you are. So doing deep healing work whether on your own or with a coach, to repattern your brain to change those limiting beliefs into beliefs that you can be proud of and you can step into, it is so valuable, friends. It is 
wildly important. And I think sometimes, especially when you're someone who's trying to lose weight or you're fighting your body or you've been dieting for a really long time, you feel like that's not enough. You feel like that's not enough action to get you close to your goals and where you want to go. I'm here to tell you that it is. It is absolutely enough. Sometimes we just got to do less, y'all. Your brain is so powerful. So let it do its job and let it help you. Start writing down the things that you realize you're holding on to regarding your beliefs around food or your beliefs around yourself. Write a list and then ditch it, burn it, throw it away, rip it up, get rid of it, and then start a new list about the type of eater, the type of human you want to show up as in your life. Are you calm around food? Write it down. Are you at peace with sugar and fat? Write it down. Can you control yourself when you go out to eat with friends around, you know, the chip basket at a Mexican restaurant? Write it down. Be specific. Start to create the version of who you are right now and watch as you begin to step into that. You are so powerful. You have so much to offer. You have unlimited potential in this world. And this is just the first step to breaking into that. Y'all, I am rooting for you. I am here for you. I'm very excited about launching some new offerings in this next coming month, including some self-paced courses and workshops coming down the pipeline, including a community that's going to have opportunities for group coaching and teaching from me and support from other people who are on similar journeys to what you are on. If any of that sounds exciting to you, go ahead and follow me at Sarah Hacks on Instagram. Slide in my DMs. Let me know what I can do to help you. I cannot wait to work with you. I cannot wait to hear your success story. See you next time.